Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. going on everybody welcome into episode number 338 of underground sports philadelphia kb and matt coming at you live from underground studios and uh before we started recording we said what a week it's been and that is an understatement but before we get into all of the disgusting displays of uh whatever you want to call a calamity <laughs> pretty a much calamitous week of philadelphia sports big thank you to our sponsors who allow us to uh bitch and complain about how bad our sports teams are main auto llc douche arms pro foot security 21 security systems paul j gillespie incorporated bob novick auto mall mark ronchetti cpa llc and the dental wellness center of vineland and of course our friends at tomahawk shades doing the damn thing Summer's here, full swing, and you know you might want to put a pair of Tomahawk Shade sunglasses on inside if you're choosing to watch uh, any of your favorite Philly sports teams, just to just protect your eyes from the nonsense that goes on on the field. Tomahawk Shades has the best eyewear in the game. Sunglasses, blue light glasses, and everything in between. Go to TomahawkShades.com, fill up your cart, and when you go to checkout, use our code USP to get... 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com. That's promo code USP at TomahawkShades.com. Promo code USP. You get 25% off your entire order from our friends at Tomahawk Shades. And it's the summer of stateside, and what better way to uh, forget everything going on on the field, on the court, uh, with our teams than with some stateside vodka in hand. It is seven times distilled. Drink responsibly, but also responsibly. Drink to forget. <laughs> uh, certified gluten free. It's kosher, and they got the vodka sodas on deck. The party packs available at statesidevodka.com. It's actively hydrating. You you won't feel a thing. It's gonna help. Just kiss the the Philly sports pain away. <laughs> and uh, like we said, you got to be twenty one or older to partake. But of course, please drink responsibly, and uh, you can also get the one-liter bottles of vodka at statesidevodka.com and get 10% off those with promo code USP. And our friends at Kenwood Beer, another great way to just take your mind off of the nonsense that is Philly sports. Have a cold Kenny in hand. Matt, they tease something that looks like they're coming to New Jersey soon. I would love that. They said they're not in New Jersey yet, but they just... Uh, Got fresh batches out there, so go to KenwoodBeer.com. Use the Kenny Tracker to see who has Kenwood on tap and just absolutely drain every single spot that has Kenwood so that they have to go and get more made because Kenwood Beer is rocking with us. they the best beer in the game, brewed locally in Philadelphia. So go get a cold Kenny and enjoy it uh, while 
wallowing in the sorrows of our Philadelphia sports teams. And you got to be 21 or older to enjoy Kenny. And of course, please drink responsibly. What a fucking week, man. <laughs> a true nightmare. Um, if you're like me, and you've probably talked about, especially the Sixers, but other Philly sports teams, you might need some new words. So I actually looked up uh, synonyms for embarrassing. So you don't have to re- keep repeating the same word. Uh, shaming, shameful, humiliating, mortifying, demeaning, degrading, upsetting, disconcerting, uh, discomposing, confusing, flustering, agitating, distressing. I love that one. I, yes. I feel very distressed for sure. Emotionally. <laughs> uh, discreditable, dishonoring, definitely feel dishonored, disgraceful, definitely cringy, awkward, uncomfortable, difficult, tricky, delicate, sensitive, problematic. Yeah. A lot of problems, a lot of problematic behavior, troublesome, thorny, naughty, vexatious, ticklish. I don't know about that one. Compromising, sticky, that's a key word. (laughs) Dicey, hairy, cringeworthy, cringe-making, and dodgy. Vexatious If if you're looking for a new word uh, to describe, at at least you can teach yourself something new now and and hype up the vocabulary. Yeah. Uh, Maybe that's what we'll all do in the off-season. We'll just we'll deliver vocab words of the week. Yeah, that, use uh, use any of those words instead of embarrassing. Now, when you when you talk about any Philadelphia sports team, vexatious, vexatious is going to work its way a through. A good one. I, I really like uh, dishonoring or dishonored. I feel yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because these teams, man, what what just no words. Not even any of these new words that we've come across can describe how painful it has been the last week. We've gone through, you brought, it's been a week since game five that we thought we had in the bag. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Game six happens and they get by by the skin of their teeth. And then another Hallmark holiday game seven loss. And the Sixers are no longer in the playoffs. The words escape the body. (laughs) Because, so, I mean, go, go, you go back to game four. You have an 18-point lead. The caveat is you're on the road, right? And I think we even said this on last week's show. I didn't feel that you could give up a lead like that at home. That on the road, that could happen to you. You can get caught like that. Totally believable. It can happen, especially this Hawks team. And we talked about it. This Hawks team, no quitting them. They're really good. They've shown it. No fear. <laughs> Um, little did I know that they had an even bigger lead to give up and surrender at home. And you know, what's, what's crazy is I was going to go to bed a little early because the lead was so big. I was like, all right, cool. I can yep. kind of, I can relax on this. We can, you know, wake up tomorrow, refresh, get some good sleep. I saw the lead shorten. And I was like, all right, I got to stay up to watch the rest of this. Everyone from that game on was talking about Doc and his mismanagement and that the all-bench lineup didn't work, and that Dwight Howard... And those things were not necessarily false. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is, with 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter in Game 5, your starters come in with 10 minutes to go in the game, up 14 points at home. That is inexcusable. You do not... You, you that, I don't care what the fuck you want to say about Doc Rivers. Yeah. You, you tell me right now... That the 76ers, who have we not shut up about their incredible home record over the last two seasons, 29-7 and at home this year, are going to get the starters, everyone, 
in the game, 10 minutes to go, at home, up 14. I am betting my life. Yeah. I am betting my life that you are seeing that game out. And they didn't. And that's the bottom line. None of it matters. None of, none of the other argument matters because you should have been 3-2 up at that point. You should have mm-hmm. really, that really should have been the series clincher, mind yep. you. It shouldn't have even gone to game seven. And I think that's what's supremely frustrating so much more so than that Toronto series. Because that Toronto series, it felt like you were just in, in a, a, one of the a greatest boxing fight. matches that you've ever seen, right? And it's just, it's going to go to a decision. Everyone knows it. The judges are going to score it maybe a, a little unevenly, whatever. Yep. But, you know, you kind of throw your hands up at the end of the series and think, well, we just got beat by, you know, incredible Kawhi Leonard run. Right. And that team ends up going to win the championship. So how, like, how burned can you possibly feel bad? Like, it's obviously stings, and it, the fact yeah. you get beat by such an iconic shot sucks, but you, you kind of just, like, what can you say, right? And it was on yeah. the road, too. That was the other thing. You know, oh, well, Game 7 at home. We won't let this happen to us. This, and I, I don't want to discredit, because they beat us, and they beat us fair and square, by yep. the way, too. They, they, beat, they beat us three times at home. Another inexcusable. inexcusable. You cannot just like you cannot convince me. any. I don't care if you have the worst coach ever coached in the NBA. You should not get beat three times at home. Doug Collins doesn't get beat three times at home. Brett Brown doesn't. I mean, it's just it's it Brett do- Brown's getting plays named after him now in the playoffs. You should have put this team away when you have leads like you did in Game Four and Game Five. It doesn't matter. Should have been a five game series. Should have been. Should have been a five-game series. And that's not to discredit the Hawks because at the end of the day, they persevered through all of it and beat us. They did it, <laughs> and they deserve it. They deserve to be playing tonight based on the way that they played because they just played better. But I, I, I don't know what mentally happened to this team that they melt down in the way that they did, especially in those two games that we've mentioned where in the third and especially fourth quarter, just nothing was doing. Just terribly inefficient shooting terribly bad decisions immaturity like what's strange is if you would if you had just introduced someone to basketball and said one of these teams has mostly been together for the last you know three four years like obviously some new teams Mm -hmm. like this is the more veteran team this is the team that's had heartbreak this is the team that has kind of endured this is the team with the mvp candidate this year and one of the defensive player of the year candidates and is the number one seed and this, this should have been all star. And this is the team with like the young, kind of upstart, more plucky underdogs, like guys that, you know, like this isn't quite their time yet, but they're really making a show of it. They would have said that the Hawks were the veteran team yep. with the MVP, with the defensive play. Like it look com- they look completely deficient. And I, I don't know what happened. I don't know if that's a doc thing. I don't know if that's just we have a bad mentality team. I don't know. But they absolutely crumbled absolutely crumbled in this series and it's just exhausting well it's clear something is up because well one you tweeted you never want to see number 25 in a sixers uniform again which we'll get into (laughs) and it certainly seems like the the face of the franchise is blaming him for the game seven loss because his post game comments said you know i'm not going to go into too much but it really seemed like things changed when we had an opportunity to get two points and we only made one free throw. That was. That is going to be an iconic play that we see a lot. I think when you talk about the career of Ben Simmons, and it's a career-defining moment. It is like it. It feels like I, I don't even know what to compare it to. 
It's it's almost like who is that uh that Red Sox player that let the ball go through his legs in the in the World Series? Uh, Bill Buckner. It's like a Buckner moment. Like yeah. it's not you know it's not in the World Series, not in the NBA final, but like it's literally like I don't think this guy is mentally going to recover from that moment. It, it's it was so obvious as this series went on that he was just completely shot for confidence he passed up a wide open dunk multiple times that was not the only time in that game he did that either yep. there was multiple times where he easily like he's not he's not short he's not trey young size where it's like all right like maybe he's just he's almost kinda, a foot taller than trey young he, like and trey young at that point had four fouls use your physicality dunk the basketball like matisse like taken by surprise that's not who you want to dump it off either to either because it's not like he's a particularly effective shooter at the rim or at the line. You know, he misses, he goes one of two. And I, I saw a video of Embiid's reaction to that play. Mm-hmm. Like, what? And you can see, like, Embiid, like, just knows, like, disgusting. We are absolutely screwed in this game. You know, because, like, you, you can't win when one of your stars, supposedly, is making p- plays and decisions like that. I've never yeah. seen a player be so non-aggressive and honestly i don't want to pile on ben simmons but it was just cowardly like he just played like a coward he was terrified to even have a thought of going to the free throw line i know yeah and i think i think that's a big thing too is that he just didn't he didn't want to even put himself in the position where he's taking contact and going to the free throw line and it's just brutal i mean it's just absolutely brutal i don't know how he recovers from this mentally i really don't i don't know how you rehab this i don't know how you reform ben simmons right now and I, I don't know where you go from here. And I, listen, I don't want to play the I told you so game, but we talked a lot this year about as good as Ben Simmons was this season. And as much as we were like hyping him up, we, we, we talked open. about that when it comes to playoff time, it's different. It just is. It's, it's, it's a different game. <laughs> and you have to be willing to rise to that occasion. And we questioned if Ben Simmons was going to, that was the true test. Yep. I was happy to give him his praise for how he played for one month, that he was aggressive, and that was the Ben Simmons that we kind of wanted to see, which that Ben Simmons went away, and we said, listen, if he can just do that in the playoffs, even if you do 80% of that playoffs, we are a much better team for it. We didn't see any of it. Do you imagine we just had Wizards series Ben Simmons against the Hawks? Like Because they're, he's a flat-track bully. He, is, he simply exists to beat up on lesser teams. Ben Simmons is not a guy that as you get into the second, third, fourth rounds of the NBA playoffs is going to be effective for you anymore. If you're playing the Charlotte Hornets, sure, Ben Simmons is going to show up, give you a good time. He's going to give you 18, 11, and 9, and you're going to be like, wow, this is fantastic stuff. But when it comes time to actually put up against these stronger teams, better balanced teams, better coach shooting teams, teams, teams that can game plan specifically for you over a seven-game series, that aren't going to give you that extra bit of, of of room that you want. He's completely ineffective. He was completely ineffective, and it's just it's it's brutal because this is this is not the first time either. <laughs> you right. know, like, it, and this is this is not the first playoff run that has ended, and you've walked away thinking Ben needs major work. It's been th- every it's three, year. It's three now. Last year he's injured, right? Doesn't and, sure. Not you know, there. The, the narrative changes a little bit because we get swept by the Celtics, and it's like, see what happens when Ben's in here, which is which is stupid, but it happened. Um, 
that first big run right against when we go up against the Celtics, Ben gets abused in that series. Toronto Ben was okay. Like he was, I think that's actually, funnily enough, maybe the best we've seen out of Ben Simmons in the playoffs against like an actual opponent. But I just, I, I don't know what, what it is with this guy. I, I don't know how you fix this. I don't know what you do. I just know that this team, their ceiling is capped with Ben Simmons on it. And that cap, I don't think, allows you to win an NBA championship with Ben. I just, I really don't. I like this was the year. Mm-hmm. If there was ever a year for the Sixers to do it, it was this year. It lined up perfectly. And we said too, if you don't make the conference finals, at least it's a disaster. And yep. that's what it is. It's an absolute disaster. Theater can simply be defined as someone performing something for someone else. Theater also refers to the space designated for said performance. The term theater can also describe the process in which live performances are created. Acting, directing, producing, designing, all fall under this umbrella of theater. But to a kid in high school, theater can mean so much more. Join us as we draw back the curtain and reveal what I like to call the magic behind the magic. This is Curtain Talk. I don't know. I don't. It's like the BP oil spill. I don't. I'm so overwhelmed at the amount of oil in <laughs> the, the Gulf of Philadelphia. I don't know where to begin. I don't know where to start because it's not just Ben. There are other issues with this team, but Ben is a, a huge, huge part of it because it's one of your max players. This is a guy that is supposedly still improving, but he hasn't. And like you, you are dependent on him. You're, you're depending on him to improve, depending on him to be good. And he just isn't. He just isn't in these moments. And, yeah, I mean, I, I don't blame Embiid. I don't blame anyone on the team for, you know, throwing him under the bus because he deserves it. Mm-hmm. Like, at the end of the day, like, we lost this series in large part because of Ben Simmons and his complete inability to shoot the ball. That's it. That's a fact. You just can't, you can't wave it away. I don't want to hear anything about defense or playmaking. The dude on the other end of the floor is was a absolutely abysmal. And other teams know it. Why do you think Embiid had... Why do you think we were so inefficient late in games? Because they know that one of our guys doesn't have to be guarded. And that even if they want, they can just foul him and put him at the line. And he can go one for two. Maybe. If you're lucky. And he didn't play as good of defense as he normally did, right? No. Because... The a, more, like, nervous and scared he got, the worse his defense got. And it was blatantly obvious. It was just... um. It's it's no joke, the worst Philly sports loss I've ever endured in my life, because there have been other sports losses that sucked, there have been other series that sucked and that hurt a lot. This felt like just like watching a a building crumble in slow motion over the course of a week. Like you just knew, like from game five on, I was texting with my brother, and. I was saying, yeah, I was trying to be optimistic. I was like, oh, you know, like, they can still pull it out. Like, mm-hmm. it, it could happen. He's like, you don't believe that. He's like, you saw that team. 
they're mentally broken. I was like, you're right. <laughs> I was like, yeah. and the most Philly thing, to, and it came true. I was like, the most Philly thing to do would be to go to Atlanta, win game six, give yourself some hope, and you just lose it game seven in Philly. And that's what happened. And this this team, I think, mentally, mentally broken right now. And I, I, don't, know, I don't know where you go to fix it. You I literally mean, had two players show up for the entirety of this series, and you can't win an NBA playoff series when you're relying on two guys. And was, I love Seth Curry, and he played fantastic all got playoffs. torched on defense. Kevin Herter was absolutely abusing him, and that was a huge issue as well because that's why there's this late-game tinkering by Doc. He's subbing Shake in in the fourth quarter despite having played no minutes the rest of the game. He's, like, tinkering with George Hill because he's trying to work out defensively just how to, like, stifle. And listen, Doc deserves blame in part for some of this series, but I think we would all also be frustrated if Doc just continually allowed, like, didn't try and make those mm-hmm. adjustments. Those adjustments obviously didn't work in hindsight, but you should also be able to trust that, I don't know, Tobias Harris can make a layup. Like, you expect that maybe, like, and again, I don't want to... I really don't want to be negative about Joel Embiid at all. I really don't because of what he did this season. He's playing on a partially torn meniscus. He came out in that fourth quarter. I think he went like five for five right off the rip. But he also, like late in the game, he had the, he had the nail in the coffin turnover. And he has to be better at that. Couldn't hit a shot late. Has to be bad. Like, you just, you know, listen, if you're going to put all your eggs in the MB basket, it, it has to work every mm-hmm. time. But I don't want to put blame on him because of, again, the way he carried us this season, the way he carried us through the playoffs, played through this injury, deserves, really doesn't deserve blame. But I think if you're also being fair, like, the amount of turnovers, unacceptable. The decision making, unacceptable from Embiid. And I think he'll even admit that himself and has to improve on that. But he's far from, like, he's, he's at the very bottom very of the list for blame. Issue. But you, you have, if you're telling the story of this game, and Bede's turnovers have to be part of that story. They just have to. But Tobias, 6 for 16 inside the paint. Now, some of those are bad bounces, but Jesus Christ. You've got to be able to finish. It's just... Like, the, the inability for Tobias to finish those interior shots when he's two inches from the rim, it was almost like you wanted to do a backflip anytime they went in because... You just full-blown expected that he was going to miss the shot or it was going to rim out or something was going to get called to prevent it. And on top of Ben Simmons, like Tobias was such a liability in terms of just not being able to finish offensively. It was tough to watch. Tough to watch from him. And Tobias overall had a pretty decent playoffs for us. He had a pretty good year. But just when it mattered, <laughs> like eight for twenty-four. What do you, you? What do you? What do you want me to be happy about with that? <laughs> there, there's nothing to be happy about with that. It's like it's just, we it's we brutal. were over the moon having twenty-year-old Tyrese Maxey come in and give this team a, a spark. Like you shouldn't have to rely on your first-round pick, who is coming off the bench in his rookie season who barely played any college ball because of the pandemic to be the guy that's going to be like, okay, here's our opportunity to go out and, and steal minutes that, you know, you should be winning with your starters. We, we were watching the game together and I said, 
there was a sequence. This was game six. There was yeah. a sequence where Tyrese Massey comes in, uh, has an unbelievable defensive play, goes the other end, coast to coast, cuts to the defense, and makes a fantastic finish to score. And I looked at you and said, why the fuck can't Ben Simmons do that? What is stopping Ben Simmons from doing that? Himself. <laughs> a rookie came in and out completely outplayed him and took over the game. Ben was in foul trouble that game. And listen, you could have Probably a whole separate discussion about the refereeing in this series. I think it was pretty awful. I don't want to go too deep into it because I don't want it to come across as like sour grapes. And that's why we lost because it isn't. But the refereeing was terrible in this series. Horrendous. But, you know, Ben was, it, it was not just the personal fouls that were keeping Ben out of that game six. Mm-hmm. It was Tyrese Maxey. That's what happens when your point guard can actually score. That's yeah. what happens when your main like ball handler can actually score. Is defenses have to respect that. And I, I just I, I I can't rationalize anymore why Ben Simmons can't do that. I just can't. It's inexcusable. There's no excuse for it anymore. This is not like a a young Ben situation where it's like give him some time. Mm-hmm. Whatever, and I was I was happy in his like first season, first two seasons to be like, listen, like the guy can grow into it. Still, you're paying him max money now. It's no longer, hey man, it'd be great if you added this. Like, let's work on this. It's like you need to do this. You need to shoot the ball. It's not gonna happen though. We hear and we've heard it the last two summers, like uh, the stupid gym videos, which I'm already dreading and yep. sick of. I can't stand the pickup game videos and the shooting workout videos. Just tired of it. But even now, I think if you got a, a gym video of Ben Simmons, he'd be bricking everything. So you've seen the videos of him warming up before a game, missing shots from like eight feet out. Just, he's broken. Mm-hmm. He's so clearly broken for confidence. You know it's bad when you have the Orlando Magic just tweeting out videos of Markel Fultz right after, a couple days after the Sixers lose. Like, that's where we're at. Getting getting clowned by the magic. Not a great <laughs> not a great place to be, but I don't know. I, I just I don't know how you, you move forward on this team with Ben Simmons in it and expect to be better than you are. In the playoffs at least. I, and and I, I think what's difficult now is <laughs> his value all time low. I, I don't know I don't know how I don't know who you sell him to. I really don't. I don't know what I don't know what you even sell them on. I guess you could convince a team that he'll take you to the next level. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Defensively, he's great. Ben Simmons plus shooters, even though he already had that in Philadelphia. Look up look up the, the numbers on our starting offense and the shooters that we could surround him with. You can't also say that Seth Curry was amazing this season, but also saying Ben Simmons didn't have shooting around right. him. You can get to make both sides of the argument. It's just, I, I don't know where you go from here. I think the only silver lining all of that is that you have Daryl Morey in charge mm-hmm. and not the Colangelo brain trust or the Elton brand, Brett Brown, whoever else shadow lurker <laughs> making decisions. <laughs> like thankfully you have Daryl Morey in charge now who I trust a lot. And the NBA is completely unpredictable. So anything can happen. And this is me putting the positive spin. Anything can <laughs> happen. Any star could want out. And Daryl Morey can make it happen. I believe in that. I truly believe in that. So maybe it happens. I don't know. I just, I don't see a future for Ben Simmons here. I think that's, that's, 
the the largest takeaway from this season and now these playoffs is I don't know how you can bring Ben Simmons back. He is the ultimate, you know, they say there's 82 game players and there's 16 game players. Ben Simmons is an 82 game player. He's just a flat track bully. You want Ben Simmons when you play the bottom 10 teams in the league. Mm-hmm. There might not be a better player to have in the league <laughs> than Ben He's Simmons. the most regular season. He is just a Wednesday 7 o'clock tip-off guy. Yep. That's it. And it sucks, but that's just what he is now. And he's never going to shake that. He's never going to shake that from me. I, like, I'm always going to see Ben Simmons in that light. And I'm just completely let down by him. Completely. You, you put And listen, like, at the end of the day, sports, they don't matter. But they matter in the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and of all the things that don't matter, sport matters the most. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, it's just... When you talk about things that don't matter but still are very meaningful, like you pour time into this, and then you watch a guy go out there and just pass up a dunk, and how are you supposed to walk away happy and not feel just a little burnt <laughs> by this person? So, I'm trying to take it personally, but Ben Simmons, I'm I just I, I'm done with him. I I I can't defend him anymore. I've tried, I've tried to be the like support your guys guy, support anyone on a Philly team because they deserve it, but. At the end of the day, when you see what Joel Embiid did for this team this year, the way he played, the way he improved, and you just think to yourself, what the hell is Ben Simmons doing at this time? Mm-hmm. Look at the difference in Tyrese Maxey's conversation in like the exit interviews and Ben Simmons. Yep. How Ben Simmons can still come out and put on this persona, because it's not really him. No. This is like this persona of I am what I am, and I, you know, I believe in myself type of Thanks, BS. Thanks, Rich Paul. And, and like, cause it's not real. We saw you. We saw you with your pants down in the series, bro. Like we've seen it. We saw you completely shook. We've seen it. Whereas Tyrese Max is saying, my goal is to get one, at least one percent better every single day. Sw- just please, for the love of Christ, if you could switch those mentalities. I don't get it. I don't. I don't get where where it all went wrong. I don't know. I don't know what it is with Ben and his just reluctance to improve. I don't know. I'm at the point where I'm just ready to give the keys to Tyrese Maxey. Wait, explain to me why we shouldn't. <laughs> There's no I, logistical know, He wasn't reason. ready for it this year, but Lord have mercy. Like, like The effort alone that he shows when he's out on the court, and we saw it in the regular season, when we had that ridiculous game we had to play against the Nuggets, when we had seven guys and you know the corpse of Mike Scott because he was still recovering from COVID and had the knee injury. Tyrese Maxey goes out there and almost has 40 points. Playoffs, he comes in, instant spark. Like, just the effort that he gives alone the moment he steps on the court warrants him just to be in the consideration for the starting point guard spot next year. And if he's not, there better be somebody who's, you know, more seasoned veteran. Uh, Damian Lillard, yeah. (laughs) That's my next point. Everyone's bringing up Portland as like the quote unquote favorite to trade Ben Simmons to. I don't know if you're getting Dame, but CJ McCollum, would you take him? Obviously, yes, but like for what, you know, what are you going to have to attach to Ben Simmons to get a CJ McCollum here? I I think, I think it's going to be interesting because there's always, there, there are two kind of trade partners that you're looking for. Sometimes a Ben Simmons for CJ could make sense because in a way, both teams are kind of getting something that they want. Like mm-hmm. Portland needs a good like defender. And listen, Ben Simmons, for all of his faults, there are many. 
is a good perimeter defender. I think right. could I, I could see a, a a role for him in Portland, right? And CJ would obviously give us the scoring that we're looking for. Defensively, not great, but you know what? The way that I looked at this series, the way I watched it, I don't know that like. And you have like Thibault to develop. You have this year's uh, pick that you could potentially like use to to get someone in. You could do other things. I trust Daryl Morey to like work on the fringes and maybe get an additional guy, right? Like there's always buyout candidates, things like that. So like the roster that happens in July and August isn't necessarily what you're bringing into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I think it would, there, there's there's improvement there. I, I think you could also though look at like fringe playoff teams that you could sell. Like, listen, Ben Simmons puts you over the line. Like you haven't been the playoffs in eight, nine years this is the way to do it and you have the cap space right let's talk let's have that conversation so i think it's gonna be interesting obviously at the draft lottery last night which you know makes things a little less murky for what you're looking at unfortunately like for the sixers in a way not a lot of like the top teams that aren't really the worst teams in the nba like jumped up into that top four top five um but you know you could have a conversation on draft night maybe with someone who knows like i think there's lots of time still to be like having these conversations we don't know who's exactly available season is even finished obviously for us it has but you know who knows i i think there could still there could still something could change but whoever whoever you get has to just be a, a mark improvement and obviously everybody was swooning over the warriors having two first round picks in the lottery so Daryl's fine. <laughs> I mean, having the Curry brothers on this <laughs> roster <laughs> would be a dream. There's not a chance in hell. No. <laughs> you have a better chance of getting Damier than Seth, I'd say. I, I think you actually do, which is not saying much because I don't think it's a, a huge improvement. I would I would eat a shoe if Dame Lillard was on the Sixers next year. And you know what? I hope I have to eat a shoe. I'd eat two shoes if Steph Curry was here. I pray I have to eat a shoe next year. Uh, Yeah. And obviously, you can't take away anything that Daryl said in that press conference other than dunking on Howard Eskin uh, for what it's worth. Like, he's not going to give you... The answers you want because no. he's not going to tip his hand to what he wants to do. So, I mean, reading into like that, that's one of the biggest downfalls, I think, of Philly sports fans is like so many people just read into press conferences and think that like whatever is said is fact. Like, use context clues. He's not going to give you any information that you want. We're not going to know anything that happens with this team until it actually happens because that's a type of guy. Daryl Morey is he's cryptic he's going to keep things close to the vest and until moves happen that's when we'll know what happens yeah it's just it's so it's so brutal sitting here not previewing (laughs) Eastern Conference Conference Finals Finals. especially after the Nets lost yeah It, it played out exactly how you needed it to and here we are another second round exit you shit the bed completely you know sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work and with the rise of streaming platforms new tv shows and movies are popping up every single week and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch 
Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. Draft lottery, though. I'm, I kind of miss the days of caring a lot about the draft lottery, <laughs> of the draft lottery night being the biggest night of the year. Pistons number one pick. Good for them. I, I feel I feel a little bit for the Pistons. You know, I think they deserve it. They deserve they deserve to have a, a Kate really Cunningham going so, to Detroit. Good for good for them. And then it's gonna be Rockets, Cavaliers, Raptors, Magic, Thunder, Warriors, Magic, Kings, Pelicans, Hornets, Spurs, Pacers, Warriors. I'm low key a little happy the Thunder uh, didn't end up with one of the top picks. Yeah, because <laughs> I was getting a little little exhausted of the. Uh, the uh the thunder love fest should we call it <laughs> like all right all right i guess Let's they relax. Just, i guess they just get to tank open right and don't get a, a freaking cia colangelo takeover <laughs> a little ridiculous but the other trade hey, congrats to the houston rockets i'm sure this star that you're gonna have for the, the next five years and go nowhere with really gonna treat you well i'm happy with the fans i'm not happy for tillman for Teda because um Lost in all of this is that Ben Simmons shouldn't have even been on this team. We should have had James Harden. Very true. But for whatever, no, not even for whatever reason, because the Rockets are stinky, stinky losers and didn't want to send James Harden here. They took a lesser deal to send him to Brooklyn. And they did nothing with anything they got out of that trade. And now they have the number two pick, so good for them. Congrats. Have fun. I can't wait till you sell the team. I hate Tillman Fertitta, not just because of that, he has this dumbass commercial mm-hmm. uh, where he uh, talks to this guy. He's like, hi, it's Tillman Fertino over of the Gold Nugget Casino. Yeah, how's it feel to win a million dollars? Ha ha. It's like, Jesus, he's so cringe. All these billionaires, they're just they're just little worms, and they mm-hmm. just can't speak clearly. And you get them in front of a camera, and they try and act like warm and friendly, which they aren't because they're all psychopaths. Um, and it's just it's it's one of the worst commercials, and it's one of those unskippable ones too on YouTube. So oh yeah. I'm I'm sick of the the Tillman show. Uh, last bit of NBA stuff before we switch to the other horrendously dreadful team in this town. Uh, I saw somebody propose. Do you approach the Kings for a De'Aaron Fox trade? I don't know that De'Aaron Fox is like putting you at the level that you want to be. I don't know that De'Aaron Fox is like the best fit. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know about that particular trade, but, and I, I don't know that Sacramento has a vision for what they were 13. Have they ever? Uh, no, no. And not since we were very young, (laughs) have (laughs) have the Kings had any vision or competence. Um, They're they're more like the, the rooks than Kings. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely pawns. (laughs) Um, the other what a depressing I, I just, <laughs> it sucks like oh man i'm at you know it's it's difficult because normally this type of feeling that i, I, I was thinking about a lot today because i know this, we had the show tonight 
And I was like, what is this feeling like? It's just so much like when you like have a breakup and like the first few days of a breakup, like the first day, especially mm-hmm. you're like very just emotional. You might like lash out. You, you like call your friend maybe you hang out. You're like, you're just angry and you're just yelling and yelling and maybe you cry a little bit, but you're just like so emotionally, you're just letting the rage like out or the, the emotion out. Then like the days after you're just like sitting with this like pit of just like disdain or just like, Maybe like guilt. Like you're just sitting with this feeling of uncomfortableness. Vexation. And there's, yeah, you, you're <laughs> vexed. And there's just nothing you can do about it. Like there's no, yeah. like, like it's that in between stage before you start to rebound where it's like, all right, like I'm going to get my life together now. Like I'm, a, I'm, I'm over it. You know, I'm going to start working. It's like that week or two where it's like, man, I'm not changing these sweatpants and I'm going to eat a lot of pizza. And I like, it's just like, we are in that zone right now, and it's just, it's a brutal place to be. <laughs> it's just, yeah. It is truly, it's like Hellraiser, where it's like, you know, you don't know what true suffering is yet. <laughs> like, there's only, as time passes on, I, I couldn't bring myself to listen to like a single like oh, NBA no. podcast. I didn't want to look at like Twitter. I didn't want to look at any of it because I just, I, I didn't want any of it. I didn't want any of it in my life. I didn't want to, to catch my gaze. Until today, because I was like, you know, I, I got to at least have something. I got to at least. <laughs> but, man, just. <laughs> it's the goddamn second round thing, too. Yeah, just not reaching the final. And Doc has the same kind of mark on him, too. He's lost the most consecutive, uh, like, closeout game. Like, He's horrendous in game sevens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And it just, because it, it really felt like um, everything was lining up for us. It really, yep. really, really did. And you, I will think about game four and game five. I will think about game five, especially where I felt like I was going to sleep. I was going to have a nice productive like next day <laughs> and I was going to feel good. I was like, I might even like, I don't even know where like my Sixer socks or something tomorrow. Like I'm so excited. And instead I turned the game on and I just, I sat there in bed until almost one in the morning, just staring at my ceiling. And I was like, wow, we just lost the series tonight. It's brutal. It's a brutal experience. The other bit of uh, NBA news now, I don't know if it's Brad Stevens who's a big Horford guy or if it's Ime Udoka who brought Horford to the Sixers because he's going to the Celtics to be their next head coach. Good for them. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to get the band back together. I don't know. I don't know. I, I was also explaining to my brother because he said that we should trade for Kemba. I was like, you're thinking of Kemba like four years ago. You're thinking of UConn Kemba. Kemba has like the – he was like, well, the only reference I have is for the like NBA 2K17. He was really good. And I was like, that's true. He was very good that in 2016. If we could trade – I would trade for 2016 Kemba, sure. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I Boston had to do something, I guess. And then – uh. Misery bros. <laughs> Brett Brown is uh, getting credit for the uh, <laughs> the Phoenix Suns game-winning play. Monty Williams. You know, good for Dario Sarge. <laughs> is that who we're, we're hitching the truck I, I don't the care. Truck to? I, yeah, I tell you this. I'm probably not going to watch another game of basketball. I haven't. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I saw the highlight I, play I, of honestly, the dunk. Honestly, watching it feels like self-harm. It feels yeah. like I'm hurting myself. It and it feels un- like if my therapist was like talking to me about it, she'd be very upset that I was putting myself through. She'd be like, "Why are you doing this to yourself? You know this isn't good for you." I'd be like, "You know what? You're right." But I, 
I don't know. I guess the Suns. I really don't care. Yeah. I'm so apathetic to it. I want. I just want it all to be over. Yeah. I just want to. Yeah, man. I feel like the Suns are the most likable of the remaining four. Yeah, I guess. Ugh. Then you gotta listen to, like Devin. Like you're gonna hear all the, like the Devin Booker propaganda, and it's like I love Devin Booker. He's a great player. But, uh, listen, I'm not in the mood to be like handing out flowers. I guess I just. Oh man, it's brutal. It sucks. Uh, just, just as equally, as our baseball team. What is, where do what we even start? <laughs> I, where do you start? Um, well, <laughs> it all started in 1880. <laughs> See, uh, they had racehorses that were called, uh, there was a certain brewery that was called a Philly. <laughs> is it me or does Joe Girardi just want to get fired? He's like testing the limits. He's like, like right, he what, wants what kind of stuff to can I start doing here. He wants out so badly. But he just doesn't want to. It's like a kid acting out it. in class. Yeah, it's like we're gonna call your mom. It's like do it, please <laughs> call John Milton. It's what I've been trying to get you to do all year. The, the shore is open again. I want to go. I want to go to Sea Isle. <laughs> How ridiculous was Tuesday night calling to get Max Scherzer checked? For quote unquote sticky stuff. Yeah. Well, three separate times. Well, you're going to love this from uh, our, our dear leader, Robert Manfred. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, his quote about, you know, the new the new cracking down on the pitchers and sticky substances, which, by the way, we have to find a better phrasing. For yes. This. Sticky substance has to be like sticky gate. Like, what is what are we doing here? Like, we. Look up synonyms like I did. It's not that hard. Uh, th- through two days of Major League Baseball's crackdown on pitchers using foreign substances for grip, Commissioner Rob Manfred is encouraged. My view is the first two days have gone very well, Manfred told told Brittany uh, Garoli of The Athletic. Sorry if I'm not pronouncing yeah, that correctly. Brittany Garoli, yeah. We've had no ejections. Players in general have been extremely cooperative. The inspections have taken place quickly in between the innings. But things got tense between the Washington Nationals and Philadelphia <laughs> Phillies on Tuesday night when umpires checked three times Cy Young winner Max Scherzer three times for sticky substances, once at the request of Philly skipper Joe Girardi, who was later ejected for yelling at the Nationals' dugout. Which, John Boy did a breakdown, and at first I thought Girardi got tossed because he was yelling at Scherzer. He was actually yelling at the Nationals' like bench coach, yes. who he used to... Have on his staff in New York. They won a World Series together, and he was pretty much like ready to just tussle with his former coach. Though Manfred acknowledged the situation was less than ideal, <laughs> he also noted it was one incident. Scherzer blasted the commissioner filing the game, calling the inspections Manfred rules, and stating the new policy is not the answer. Asked about Scherzer's comments, Manfred called them blatantly incorrect and noted players in the Major League bl- Players. Major League Baseball Players Associated provided input before the league enacted the changes. Um, Max Scherzer, by the way, I, I didn't know this until recently, aka today. He's also like very high up on the uh, like the players union. He's, mm-hmm. like, he's like the Chris Paul of the MLB. Like he's yeah one of so. Um, it's according to Manfred, it's fine. <laughs> Everything's because. Good. 
It's going very well. It's going very well. Everyone saw Scherzer almost take his pants sure, off. Sure, it's like a TSA check. Like, you have to, like, take off your shoes, like, drop your pants, like, take off your hat, put your iPad in the bin. <laughs> Sorry that there's no bins today. <laughs> Sergio Romo took it to another yeah, level, yeah. and that was electric. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a mess. And I think this has been a problem brewing now in baseball for the last few years. I think a lot of it stems back to the Astros incident mm-hmm. and that that was dealt with in the in the view of the fans. And I think of the players as well, but especially fans who have been very vocal about this, that it was not handled very well. And I think people are very bitter about that experience. People are very bitter about the fact that players didn't really get punished for that. And that the commissioner was so flippant about this, what seemed to be very legitimate and very ingrained cheating within an organization. It wasn't just like what the steroid era where you have one or two guys, you know, taking these substances and, and boosting their performance. Like, it's really felt like something much deeper and sinister. And it wasn't dealt with very clearly, coherently. You have like the, the hunk of metal uh quote which i think really like burns up a lot of fans as well because that's what showing up the game is all about is about winning the world series i don't know why you would disparage your own like major trophy um so i think since then like there's been this bloodlust Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word for like wanting people to be cracked down on for cheating and i think you've had this story this year which is strange because it's popped up aggressively I, I don't recall this ever really being a discussion outside of this season. Like, yeah. I think you've heard about it, like, every now and again. But, like, you've heard more about, f- like, juiced balls or the seams changing than you've ever heard about, like, pitchers with substances. I think it all started. There was a guy. I, I heard this on a podcast or read it somewhere. There was a, a former, like, equipment manager with the Angels. Yes. And... He basically, like, went Jose Canseco and, like, spilled the beans about every single person that he had ever, like, dealt with making this, like, sticky substance spider tack concoction thing. And now it got in the hands of Major League Baseball, and they're like, oh, we got to we gotta crack down on this. Right. It, but what's, what's frustrating is, as a fan, this isn't, like, fixing anything, is right. it? This just feels like parody almost we all know the traditional big four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons but what if i told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football baseball basketball or hockey come join me dom ponteri and harrison Cremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the outside the box podcast Talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Like, clearly the players aren't taking it very seriously still. Like, like what Roma did was funny, right? But, like, at the end of the day, like, he's very clearly making a joke and a show of it. Like, oh, you want me to take my pants off? Too? Like, you know, like, there's, there's... Players clearly don't respect the idea of being cracked down on this way. But fans don't want... And and here's the other issue that baseball has, among many, (laughs) is 
we two weeks ago we had I don't remember the reporter's name, but does a whole thread about all this. Yeah, especially last week, Ryan Spader, and then he retracted everything. But you know, he makes a thread of all these conspiracies essentially, and fans believe that. And I think there's probably some truth to what he said. I think he had to retract it because you can't just say didn't things like that. Didn't want to burn bridges with and, you know, I'm relationships. Sure someone was a, a boss or an editor somewhere was very upset at what he did because it's not the way you go about it as a journalist, right? But there's some truth to that. And fans believe that. Fans believe that those things happen. So it's like you're constantly questioning the integrity of the game as a fan, especially in the last few years. And now you have this like substance thing and fans want to see people get burned for it. They want to see people, they like, like it or not, people like when people mm-hmm. get punished. Like people like, they like to boo Alex Rodriguez. They like to boo Mark McGuire. Like they, they like to hate Barry Bond. They like, they like to do that. They like to have a, like a person that gets punished for cheating. They like to have a scapegoat and they want that right now. But like, I don't know that this is the way that you're effectively stopping it. And I, I it just it just feels like a sideshow. And it, yeah. I don't know. Listen, our pitchers even how deeply are they cheating? We'll never know. We'll never get an answer. And again, what the Astros did, I think, has, has broken baseball in a sense because that happened in such an obvious way. They're banging trash cans. Mm-hmm. And you think to yourself, how did no one ever notice? How did right. no one ever take note of this? Like, and now you're <laughs> constantly thinking, someone somewhere is doing the same thing. Someone somewhere is cheating in the same way, and we have to find them. We have to find them. Like the computer monitors were in their World Series yearbook video. I just... I don't... <laughs> and I, I just think that incident is, is really the like the the catalyst for a lot of this is just people felt very burned by the way that that was handled and now want like a zero tolerance kind of policy for anything for anything mm-hmm. and again this the pitching stuff i think is very suspicious because i think it's come out of kind of nowhere and i want to know i don't know it just feels it feels odd to me especially when you have like you have like the CBA agreement coming up it just <sighs> It just feels weird. It just feels weird that, like, this has dominated the story so far this year in a way that, like, sports, like, in, like, cheating in baseball hasn't in a while. Like, the last time I can remember is when we were younger and it was, like, constant, yeah. like, steroids. Like, a guy would get popped for a test and he'd be suspended for 90 games or whatever. Um, but that was, like, you talk about that person for a day. Like, this has dominated the conversation mm-hmm. all season. And that, to me, is just. I think worth questioning why we're doing this and I don't want to get conspiratorial, but like who's pushing this like agenda right. because like it has to be pushed by someone. Like someone has to be making the conscious decision to be like, fans want to hear this. Fans need to hear this, but like other cheating situations aren't, I don't know. I just, I think it's very strange. It's a very strange situation. Yeah, I don't I mean, know if what I said was uh, incredibly coherent, but I, I think the bottom line is, I don't think anyone wants to see uh, Max Scherzer getting undressed at the pitching mound. Not at all. And, I mean, there was a a player from the Mets tweeted today. i got to find who it is because it was just like, say you're pissed off at what baseball's doing without saying you're pissed off at what baseball's doing. By the way, I love Scherzer saying uh, threatening to kill Alec Bohm. 
uh, <laughs> that if he doesn't get to that if he doesn't get to put stickum on his hands that he might kill Alec Bohm. Yeah, and he can't control that. He can't control that. Maybe my slider smashes Alec Bohm's face in. Sorry. I also love that he was like, "What are we gonna do in the playoffs when the weather's cold? And we don't have sweat to, you know, pull off of our foreheads." Uh, I don't know, Max. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Maybe the way the Nats are playing, you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> of course, he's a New York Met, but it's hilarious. I blame this photo on Rob Manfred, and it is his hair getting flipped yeah. up. Fantastic stuff. And then uh, somebody tweeted him said, "That's all we're gonna blame on Rob," and he says. No, but this is all I should probably put on Twitter. It's a mess. Could you imagine if Rob Manfred had an active Twitter account? His mentions would be like, must you're upset about Kyle. It's all gone very well, actually. And listen, you can all shut up because they're still going to get to play for that hunk of metal. And I don't know what the problem is. Can't you just get off my porch? Uh, it would be must read if if his Twitter account would was active. I think that might be why. It would probably there would certainly be a lot of unhinged, unhinged in, uh, <laughs> I think, not safe for work conversation. 1,000%. Player burners would be through the roof. And I, I think it only gets worse when you have MLB announcing a, a cryptocurrency partner. What the hell is with the cryptocurrency? I don't <laughs> get it. What? You know, they announced that and... Hey, kids, we heard you like Bitcoin. Here's our coin. It's called uh, Smash Coin. What is it called? It's, called... Man it's Manfred Coin. Manfred Coin. No, it's called something terrible. It's like Ball Coin. <laughs> and it's like, you know, you're announcing this. They're they're going to have like this company's patch okay. on the umpire it, jersey. Cryptocurrency now. just feels like a Ponzi scheme. Oh like, yeah, or like a uh, like a, it's it's so much like it it's like baseball. Me, you dealt with this already with the Madoffs. <laughs> it's like a an MLM, you know. Like it's like instead of like hey boss babe, like in your Instagram, it's gonna be yeah. like hey bro, I heard I see that you like sports too. How about you buy a ball coin? Um, it's like constantly just dudes like I don't. Is this legal? Like I, I <laughs> is cryptocurrency legal? Because it feels illegal. Pretty much. Like, it feels like constantly, and, like, it's not just, like, baseball. Like, I've seen, like, influencers, like, promoting certain cryptocurrencies, and it's like, how, how do you go about, like, just making, maybe I just sound very uneducated on this. Elon Musk. I know, but, like, how do you go about just, like, making up a crypto? Like, I've seen yeah. people advertising for these currencies, and I'm like, with, can I just go on and make up a cryptocurrency? And then I mean, just, look like, at Dogecoin. Just sell it to people? Look Isn't that Dogecoin, illegal? Like, like doesn't like, isn't that just like what a pump and dump is? I don't yeah. know. Like I just <laughs> that's literally what like a ton of people call like all they they call them shit coins. Yeah, and it's literally a pump and dump. I just don't. But like, when are people gonna get in trouble for this? I think is my question because it all just feels not above the bar, and it's just weird for baseball to be getting in on it as well because it's like, are we like positive that this is legal and okay to do? Should we be like doing this? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. And who wants this? Who like who is this for? I don't get. I just nothing about cryptocurrency makes sense to me. I, I I've tried to read it up, tried to understand it, because it seems like it's important. I don't know. Yeah. And it just makes no sense to me. So isn't it amazing that um <laughs> we would rather talk about all this than the Philadelphia Phillies? <laughs> <laughs> I would rather talk about a uh, ball coin. <laughs> 
How many ball coins uh, does John Middleton want to sell the team? Oh, my God. <laughs> I got two right here. <laughs> Just wait until that's what they're talking about with the luxury tax. Oh, oh, my. Can't, can't spend too many ball coins to uh, go over the luxury tax. God, I want John Middleton and Ben Simmons on a plane to Kansas. <laughs> Throw Joe Girardi in there, too, because honestly, yeah. like, I don't know about you. Like, I'm so done with him. I Listen. I felt this way like a month ago. I was like, I think I think Joe Girardi. Uh, like I, like I we said, I think it might be time to I, start yeah. the segment. It seems like he wants to get fired. The problem is, I don't think it's just Joe Girardi. I think this entire team is directionless. It showed it showed during the Scherzer thing too. I don't know if you saw like the video of Girardi coming up the steps. Reese Hoskins was the only one standing like behind Girardi, like kind of yeah. like backing him up, and everybody else was just sitting down. I think I think this entire team is rotten and sucks <laughs> and is directionless. And so I I said it. I'll say it again. You should probably just blow it up. You should probably just start trading people. I said it was gonna. I said Gene Segura was one of the guys we should trade. I know that 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 upset you, but what's the point? What's the point? What's what's the point of doing this? What's the point? Why why are we doing this? Why why? Just I I hope that we actually did like cheat severely and we get like the death penalty <laughs> and we just have to like dissolve the Phillies. I I actually kind of hope for that now. I hope that those dumb rumors are true. I just hope it wasn't about like the 2008 Phillies yeah. and all that. Like, It'd be like keep our history, but like let it show how bad we you know, were. You know, I'm always ragging on the Nationals and like send them back to Montreal. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. Maybe we should go to Montreal. I don't know. Maybe maybe we deserve it. <laughs> maybe we just suck. <laughs> maybe we're just meant to be in this purgatory forever. I don't know. They're not a fun team to watch. No, today was agonizing. They're never it's it's never easy and it's never consistent and it's incredibly frustrating. And our boy Hector Neris has just had a rough year. Yeah. And it's What's the point? What are we doing here? There's always an excuse, too. Yes. Like, every single post-game press conference, there's always something to try to mitigate what happened in the game. And today was, oh, we didn't have four bullpen guys. Well, Joe, maybe if you didn't use your fucking bullpen every day the way that you do, we'd have bullpen guys available. Who, who's who's that guy we brought in today? Uh I, I see. I do this thing with Phillies bullpen pitchers where I blank their name out. David of Hale. David Hale. Right. I was gonna say David Sale, but I was. Well, that's what the balls do when he comes in. They <laughs> um, sail out of the ballpark. What the hell is that? <laughs> what are we? What are we doing bringing this guy? In? You'll you'll be happy to know the Phillies at least made history today. It's kind of an interesting stat. This is from Jeremy Frank at MLB Random Stats. It's Nationals Philly game. It's the first game in MLB history where both teams had a three run home run and a grand slam. We have that going for us, that we're somehow through like 700 years of baseball and we're making up a new stat. Here's a fun one from Matt Winkleman. David Hale has inherited 15 base runners this year. 11 have scored. Oh my God. 11 of 15 inherited base runners have scored when he comes into the no, game. No, but Kyle, do you remember um, two years ago, Bryce Harper hit that grand slam? It's like so much. <laughs> oh so my much God. Oh my god! <laughs> no, but that was that was so much fun. That team was so much fun. Yeah, you remember that though, Bryce Harper, that grandson. I think the only that's the thing... only good memory we're gonna get. 
That's it. That's all we're gonna have to remember this team by is that meaningless grand slam by Bryce Harper. That's it's it. Bryce Harper home runs that are the memorable thing. I His first it. one when he like goes up over to the crowd in the cream colored uniforms, the grand slam, and then when he shushed the guy in San Francisco. And I believe they those all happened in the same year. It's all been pointless, dude. It's literally, it's literally all been not for nothing. The the tanking was for nothing. The hype with Bryce and JT and McCutcheon and it's all been for nothing. It's, it's all been it's all been for nothing. And we said this a couple they're, weeks ago. They literally they they are a team adrift. We said it a couple weeks ago that they are the team that brought all these guys in and didn't have the foundation properly set in place for them to bring those guys in and now you're seeing the results of that it's very like you want to look up the anti-dodgers it's phillies i will uh just meanwhile just... gabe kapler has the best fucking record in baseball <laughs> they get the whole podcast hosted by steve mcavoy and john mavalia be sure to follow us on twitter at Get In The Whole Pod, and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's I, I think that's one of the things that has burned me the most and has been a repeated gripe of mine is other teams have, compl- have won World Series, rebuilt, and are back to contending in the time that we've with the guy we had um that's that's one frustrating aspect if you'd like we can play our our favorite game of uh, the run Run differential differential now um phillies it's been a tough tough run differential the last few weeks sitting at negative 12 in fourth place uh the mets leading the division at plus 16 the nationals in second at minus 11 the Braves in third at plus one, and the Marlins in last place with a 31-41 and 41 record, eight games back in the division, but yet have a plus 17 run it differential. Makes no sense. Dude. That is the most absurd stat in baseball <laughs> right now. Screw all the sticky stuff. Screw all of it. Just like- to give some context, because maybe there's people out there that are listening to this that are like, well, what does that really mean? But here's the other last place teams. In uh, in other divisions, the Pittsburgh Pirates negative ninety four, worst team in baseball. The Arizona Diamondbacks in oh. last place minus one hundred eight. Speaking, of, I got to show you a video from the Diamondbacks once. The we... Bos- uh, Baltimore Orioles negative ninety two. The Twins minus fifty two. The Rangers minus seventy. The Marlins are plus seventeen in last place. How? What is wrong with this division? You got to see this video. So Dan Vogelbach, who plays for the Brewers, I believe he got hurt on this play. (laughs) The Diamondbacks are trying to make a relay to get guys out, and he literally limps into home plate and scores a run. God bless him. (laughs) There's a line drive by Cassianos in the left. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. He's literally like limping. Good for him. And what scores a, what, a run. Way to tough it out. Wish we had grit like that on one of our teams. I, you know, listen, I, I actually mean it. I wish, I hope that we get like the death penalty. I hope we were like funneling like 
money to like Al Qaeda or something, <laughs> and like the the federal government is like, sorry, Phillies, you don't exist anymore. You gotta move. I hope. I pray. I hope. I hope. I hope that John Middleton was on the the Epstein flight logs. That would something. not surprise me. And and this team just has to get dissolved. That would not surprise me. Just just put us out of our misery. I mean, I'm begging for it. <laughs> just. I am excited for the home run derby, though. All right, it's gonna be so much fun. Otani <laughs> in Colorado. I, I think I, an interesting stat I saw today is he's the first. Uh, it's the first time because he's hitting and, and pitching. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's the first time that there's gonna be a uh, uh, DH used by an NL team, but not an AL team. Like, I, I think I can't remember the wording. Shouldn't even be brought up because I can't remember the wording. Yeah, because he's he's getting voted as right DH because he doesn't play any other position except for pitcher. What a guy. It'd be cool he's to have so a guy good. like that on this team. He's he's just a character. He got checked for the quote-unquote sticky stuff today, too, and was just, like, making a joke of it. At least we're not the Angels. Yeah. You know, we might be wasting uh, Bryce Harper's prime. But we haven't Which wasted I don't feel Mike good Trout's about. entire career. But I don't, I don't feel good about it. But uh, our LA Angels, nine games out of the division. A minus 17 run differential. Hey, there's hope. There's hope. Oh, you're six and a half games out of lock card. Sorry. <laughs> Not that we're any better. Not that I expect anything. I hope John Minton sells the team. I'm so tired of oh, it. Oh, yeah. I, I hope Don Dombrowski, you know how they're sending like Bezos to space or whatever. <laughs> I hope he gets on that flight too. And say lovey. See you later. Joe Girardi. Peace. Peace, pal. Gene Segura, Reese Hoskins, been a lot of fun. See ya. <laughs> Have fun winning a World Series somewhere else and being way better. Because every team, every player that leaves here gets better. If you don't love, if you if you love something, said free. You know, Andrew McCutcheon, go win it, go win a title somewhere, in Chief. Bryce Harper, thanks. See ya. JT, should just let you walk. What are we doing? Aaron Nola, it's been fun. Go, like, pitch for the Red Sox or something and go win, like, three straight. Like, you know, what's the point? Sorry, Zach. Sorry you. Sorry we ruined your thumb forever. It's going to look hideous. You, you picked the spot. You picked the spot. I just just blow it up. What's the point? What's the, I, I, It's the worst position to be in in sports. Yep. Purgatory. It's, it's just absolute purgatory where, like, there's nothing to be excited about with the Phillies. They're a joke. Season- they deserve it. It's the same as Sixers. They deserve it. They deserve all all the jokes. They deserve all the hate. Hundred percent. Season gets determined this weekend. Season has been determined. It has since, been uh, April like fifteenth, I think. <laughs> we had four we had games against start. the Mets. We had that great start. Oh man, the cicadas are coming. The cicadas are coming. Just anyone but the Mets. That's really. You know they're going to go to the playoffs. Oh, they're going to go to the playoffs, but I'm really looking forward to the Dodgers just absolutely <laughs> pile-driving them. Yeah. They're going to create some new real estate in Long Island. Pretty much. Just absolutely mutilate the Mets. Um, figure it out. We've they been won't. saying it for <laughs> years. Listen, they won't. <laughs> Remember when we were banging hand over fist to sign Jake Arrieta here? I do. That was a much more hopeful uh, time when it really felt like maybe we were turning a corner. Yeah. That was like Reese Lightning days, you know, like, oh, man, 
Then we were on Bryce Watch. This team's kind of fun. Who knows? Anything could happen. And it turns out, see, the thing is, when people say anything could happen, they take it positively. But, like, anything can happen means anything can Mm -hmm. happen. That includes all the negative stuff. No one ever talks about that. When people say anything can happen, it's always seen as this positive remark. But, like, no, anything. Like, think of your worst nightmare. That could happen. And, like, this isn't necessarily my worst nightmare, but it's one of my worst. It's certainly making the top ten. So, just think about that. When someone tells you anything can happen, just think, it's not necessarily... You know, don't look at a half full type of thing. Like, okay, well, there's a universe now where there's like 18 foot spiders. Anything could happen. Anything. Think of it. It could happen. And speaking of cicadas, at least in September, we'll have something to watch. Because I don't know if you saw the most out of the blue crossover event is happening finally. That probably should have happened like 20 years ago. Scooby-Doo meets Curse the Cowardly Dog. Yeah, what? Why, why do we have to wait this long? You know, I just think the world wasn't ready, I guess, but... I am excited for that. I'm a big Scooby-Doo fan, so my favorite Cicadas are child. the plot point, so shout out to the Mets for Cicadas, being in a Scooby-Doo man. movie. <sighs> Haven't heard one yet. <laughs> Weird. They're back under. What do we even say? I wish I could. You know, I'm in a way jealous of the Cicadas, because if I could just burrow myself for 17 years and just, like, get the news, be like, all right, tell me everything. Dude, re- recant the last 17 years. Just give me the good stuff. That might actually be better for me. <laughs> Catch you guys in another 17. Ha- All right. The next Cicada ev- evolution, revolution, birthing event. Uh, how many titles City of Philadelphia has won in the next 17 Ooh. years? So that'll be... Over under one and a half. 2038. in the last 17, we got two. So are we counting... Like the union, and yeah. Any, 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 any league, just a, a a major title. It has to be like it can't be like the union with the supporter shield. It has to be like they win and professional, you know, professional. Too, not counting like Villanova. No. Um. So that'll be twenty thirty eight. I'll say we'll be lucky if we have one. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I think that's pretty, <laughs> it pretty much says it. <laughs> God, what did these cicadas unearth? <laughs> Which team would it be? That's the In real the next question. Seven, I mean, anything. I think it's anything could happen. <laughs> I think it's the union. Yeah, I definitely because the MLS is a lot more parity, and I At mean, at least they know how to. They were close. They know how to, you know, develop homegrown talent. Realistically, like the Eagles, honestly, just because I think the NFL, like you can build a good team, and it's like. I don't trust the Phillies, uh, you know, to, to ever again in my lifetime, as long as John Middleton is there to be a competitive team. Um, the That'd Sixers, be- if you don't have, like, a top five player, what's the point? Good luck trying. It took us forever to get one. Here we are. Um, so, I mean, it really just leaves the Eagles. I mean, the Union certainly could. Could definitely see it, but. The Wings might. Sure, but. Man. And the Flyers, I don't think, will ever win one. The Flyers are cursed, I think. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be approaching ridiculously close to 100 years of them not winning a cup. Well, the Phillies had, like, the longest drought in, uh, in like, major sports. Here, they? Here's the like real question. Years. The next time the cicadas come up, 
Who makes the playoffs first, the Mariners or the Phillies? <laughs> Who ends the drought first? Oh, man. <laughs> you think the Mariners, first of all, are the Mariners selling cicada? You know how they sell the crickets? Are yeah. they selling? <laughs> they have like salted Might as cicadas? Well. They're popping up. Uh, I, I think I have to give it to the Phillies because the Mariners, as bad as the Phillies are, the Mariners have somehow been worse. They've mastered the... We're not making the playoffs. They they are hopeless. But you know what? We're not far off from the Mariners. Like, yeah. We love to look We're number down. number two. We love to look down on them and like other like teams that are like rudderless, but like we are in the same boat. Just an empty pit of despair. <laughs> I mean, Vexation, I, if you will. I'm in my bad place. <laughs> I am I am not in a good space right now. It is. It's like that Bo Burnham song. <laughs> How you feeling tonight? Yeah, I'm doing bad. <laughs> uh, this city stinks. Sports-wise. We deserve it. You know what? We, we deserve the slander. Because it's indefensible. All of it. On all accounts. Hey, at least we got the Eagles ramping up, right? Woohoo! Sure, that'll be fun. Can't wait for more quarterback discourse. Oh man, Joe Flacco's so good. Dude, don't yeah. forget Nick Mullins. Uh, did you see the um, the Jaguars? Or uh, it's an open competition. They're not naming a starter. Yeah, they got they got to give Tim Tebow hope. You got to you, you know you really got to give this Trevor Lawrence kid time to develop. I think. I think you really got to see what you got first in camp. What's worse, that or the Bears not starting Andy or the Bears are starting Andy Dalton over Justin Fields right now. I think the Jaguars, did, yeah, because it's like, okay, like, what are you playing at? <laughs> like, <laughs> like the Bears thing, you can at least be like, all right, well, we kind of made some promises to Andy Dalton, and we gotta at least give him his shot. Like, it's his job to lose. That's at least fair. But like, you drafted Trevor Lawrence number one overall. He is very obviously your starter. Why are you pretending like he's not? You're not gaining anything by doing this. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah. Well. Hey, man. <clears throat> I think there's a lot to look forward to with the Eagles. That makes one of us. <laughs> I say that because I don't have the burden of Eagles fandom like you do on my on my heart. So, uh, shout out to Jason Kelsey. Shotgunning beers in Sea Isle. Yeah, me and him own the same shirt. I, ha- I also have a Sea Isle Ice Company shirt. What we a have legend. that in common, Jason. Isn't that good? Anytime Jason Kelsey wants to come on the podcast. More than willing. Yeah. Um. I in a way. I'm glad. I'm. I'm. You know. I just. I just want to shut it all down. <laughs> I just. I just want to shut it all down. I want to put it down to the ground. I just. I don't. The, the the NBA draft is in a month, and I'm just like dreading thinking about the future for the Sixers. Yeah. I'm on. A, I'm on a cleanse. I'm on a Sixers cleanse. If anybody else needs a cleanse, no attachment to a sports team and just wants fun, entertaining product, Premier Lacrosse League's on TV this weekend. True. Enjoy it. I'll be in Baltimore this weekend. It'll feel so. good to watch sports where like <clears throat> you don't have psycho behavior attached to it. Yeah. It is a it's a great feeling. This city, man. Uh <laughs> we'll come complain to you guys live next week. Uh, we'll have another episode probably from my hotel room in Baltimore this weekend, but 
Make sure you guys are following us on social media at Underground PHI. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. Follow all of our podcasts on the network to keep up to date with everything we're doing content-wise. And, of course, subscribe to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know if you agree with Matt and you never want to see number 25 in a Sixers uniform again. If you don't, you're wrong, and that's fine. Can't go if you know you don't got to go home. If Can't you somehow here. want Ben Simmons on this team, still I feel bad for you. I really yeah. do. I I pity you, not in like a demeaning sense. Like I truly pity that that's your thought process because it's very obvious it's over. Five stars only, because unlike our sports teams, we have standards. They're five stars. We know you guys do too. You can check us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadioRadio.com. Now Odyssey, wherever you get your podcast, we are there. And uh, shout out to our sponsors: Main Auto LLC, Dusharms Pro Foot Security Twenty One Security Systems, Paul J Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Runcetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. Of course, our homies over at Tomahawk Shades. Use promo code USP to get twenty five percent off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com. Our friends at Stateside Vodka. You get 10% off the one-liter bottles of vodka at statesidevodka.com with promo code USP. You got to be 21 or older to purchase. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And our friends at Kenwood Beer. Use the Kenny Tracker to see who's got Kenwood on tap. Should be almost damn near everybody in Philadelphia now that they got that new batch rolling out. Got to be 21 or older to enjoy. And, of course, please drink your Kennys responsibly. This has been one hell of a therapy session right here on episode 338 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB. Be good, everybody. We'll see you guys here next week. Peace.